0: As I was told, everything that he touched turned to gold He's the greatest of the great, I get it straight, he's great plain thing cause his name is known in every state His name is David. see him play, we'll make it safe God damn, that DJ made my day Like the butcher, the baker, the candlestick. Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I hope everyone had a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. There's so much to be thankful for, especially for all the people who have supported me and listened to the podcast. Thank you. On today's podcast, we have Kelvin Farmer. Kelvin is the single biggest reason I wanted to attend St. Edward High School. Calvin was the high school player I tried to pattern my game after, and whether it was at practice, a local pickup game, or just fantasizing while running down the street, he was the local superstar I tried to emulate. As you will soon hear, Calvin Farmer had a great high school and college career, and he was lucky enough to make it to the final cuts with my beloved Dallas Cowboys who, at the time, had a couple of pretty good-name running backs, Tony Dorsett and Herschel Walker. Now, speaking of luck, how often have you had people come up to you and say, you're so lucky? For me, it happens a lot. Most of the times, I just grin and bear it and think to myself how blessed I am. Now, this podcast with Kelvin Farmer And a recent interview I watched with David Letterman gives me a new and better perspective on being lucky. Interviewing Kelvin Farmer on my podcast or any of the past guests that I've had on the podcast, it truly makes me lucky. How cool is it that I get to talk to and ask questions of people I grew up admiring? I said it before. Kelvin Farmer was the guy. I grew up watching. Calvin was a pioneer for the African-American student athlete at St. Edward High School. Calvin opened the doors for me and helped make the level of acceptance possible for me and many others that came after me. Now, I was lucky I didn't have to be the first to endure that transition. And I'm even luckier that he's on my podcast talking about his stellar life and career. Now, Letterman was asked on his new show if he thought he was lucky. The guest prefaced it with, there are many hardworking and talented people, some as talented, some even more talented that are out there. But why is it that we have achieved a level of success or celebrity? Letterman goes on to quickly tell the story of how he and his friends were on a cruise getting as he called it at the time, shit-faced, while in another part of the country at the exact same time, a young man who was of similar age was getting beaten and attacked for marching and supporting an important cause. Letterman would go on to say, damn right I'm lucky. So, damn right, I'm lucky also. I'm lucky to have this podcast podcast. I'm lucky to have played sports, which have opened so many doors for me that I didn't even imagine. And I'm lucky to have traveled a lot. I'm lucky to have great family and friends. I'm even lucky to have had some of the lowest moments in my life. Luckily, I survived. I learned from it, and I'm here to talk about it. I vow to continue pushing forward and hope to continue to be lucky in life. And with this podcast, from one of the luckiest people in the world, I say thank you, and I ask you to follow us on social media, The Chris Williams Podcast. It can be found on IG and Twitter, at The Chris Will Pod, and on Facebook, The Chris Williams Podcast Hour. This is The Chris Williams Podcast Hour.
1: One of my heroes when i first wanted to wear the green and gold of saint edward high school it was because of him he is arguably and in my mind the greatest running back in saint edward history he is the guy i spent so many days dreaming to be he's a high school hall of famer a college hall of famer and a class act he also went on to become one of the all-time leading rushers in toledo rockets football history please Welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, Kelvin Farmer. Kelvin, welcome to the podcast. Thank
2: you, Chris. Appreciate you.
1: Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me. So, you know, again, welcome. Um, This is a big win for me and the podcast. So this is all about storytelling, and it's about you. So feel free at any time to drop a story. If you need to stop me, do so. But, uh. Let's start here, Kelvin. So you grew up on the east side of Cleveland. So tell us yep. where you grew up and what it was like during that time for you and your family. Well, Chris, uh, I
2: grew up on the southeast side of Cleveland in an area called the Lee and Miles area. A lot of people know that from the east side. And uh, it was a modest uh, neighborhood, family-oriented Kids running around the whole neighborhood, Uh, a lot of two families, uh, both parents at their home. Uh, The neighborhood's changed drastically now, but uh, growing up there was great. I had a mother that was involved with us through elementary, junior high, and things things changed a little bit. That's when I made my my move over to St. Ed's. But uh, it was a different time in a different era. Let me just say that. Um, It was a predominantly uh, black neighborhood, which was formerly a predominantly white neighborhood when my parents first moved over there. Um, I was born over there. And uh, it was great. I had a brother and an older brother and an older sister. But mom always kept it at our house. Uh, We had a basketball hoop. She always wanted the kids over. We'd all have lunch there, play games out in the front, modest street lawn. we have a curbside tree lawn in your front, concrete on the sidewalks and the streets. And that's pretty much really where I uh, learned how to play football. <laughs> Funny story behind okay. that is uh, I had, uh, uh, my brother was older than me, probably by six years, maybe five and a half. And uh, tackle on like three feet of, grass. <laughs> so sometimes you didn't get tackled on the grass. You got tackled on the concrete, but, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> he, he didn't want me to play initially. And I recently, I was just with uh friends at the Cavs game and, uh, some of his older friends that was with me said, man, you know how you became such a good ball player? Cause you used to play with us, man. He used to show us up, man. You could do your thing. And you were five years younger than us. <laughs> okay. But I remember those <laughs> days clearly. And, uh, it was something special, and uh, I really, really, really uh, appreciate that style of growing up, being outside. It was always something to do with a ball, or you utilize that. We didn't have video games back in that time. It uh, was a, a little night. different.
1: A little different.
2: <laughs> it was just a little bit, but it taught us a lot, and we had to self entertain, so so to speak.
1: Okay. All right. Now, you went on to play muni football in Cleveland. So who'd you play for, and do you remember any of the guys you played with or against?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I started out actually playing baseball. That was my my sport of choice. Uh, It was a league called B-Buzz. It's known for many, many years. (laughs) prior to me, uh, 50-plus, maybe 60 years ago. It was established at Charles W. Elliott Field right there off of uh, Miles Road. And uh, I was a pretty good baseball player, I thought, anyway. Started out as a young kid, five, six years old. And uh, actually, one of my teammates back then, his name was Brad Sellers, played for uh, Ohio State and the Bulls on that championship team and uh, seven footer. now I think he's maybe the mayor of Morrisville Heights, Ohio. He's been that for some years there, but back then we're six, seven years old and he's taller than his coach, which is his dad. And uh, it was a great time. And then introduced me into organized sports. So finally uh, I decided I always loved football, watching it on TV. The few games that were broadcast back in those days and I finally got a chance to play at Elliott. They had a team called uh, the Mike St. Clair All Stars, which really started out as Steve Holden All Stars. People might not know that. And I just watched from afar. And one day I decided to go up and I wanted to play. And Coach said, Yeah, come on, come on on. It was inviting all kids. Kids, that's what we did. We all just went out to the field and did whatever activity there was, with a ball or a stick. And uh, I played uh, for Mike St. Clair All-Stars. They changed the name to Mike St. Clair, who played for the Cleveland Browns at the time, which was in the Cleveland Browns Muni League. And uh, we were fortunate, except myself. My first year, I was a little chubby guy, and there was a weight limit. I know you might know that about that weight limit, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I do.
2: <laughs> and my first year in peewee ball, I could not make the weight. They would put me on these little shoulder pads and stand on with pads. You know, he had with pads, without pads. I think the weight might have been back then about 110 pounds, if I'm correct. I'm not sure, 119, 110. And I did not make the weight, not one game that season. I ran the field. They called me Lettuce Man. Coach Johnson was his name. He'd give me this sauna suit, piece of plastic, and put it over me, and I'd run that field. I know that field like the back of my hand. And we'd run around that field. It's probably about a good mile, mile and a half maybe, just to run around the whole field of, from miles to uh, Lotus. South Lotus was the street. And I'd run and I'd run throughout the whole practice. They had me playing uh, tackle, offensive tackle, guard but, you know, I was a tough guy. So I'd get up and I'd do it. And, this, and that taught me a lot of discipline, actually. And uh, I didn't make it wait, not one game. And it was getting depressing. And they just built a McDonald's off of Lee Road there. And the kids then would go to McDonald's. They'd get their burgers or fries. And coach said, you know your lettuce, man, but we'll let you get a treat. Get your fish sandwich. You know, that was supposedly the diet thing. But, uh, fortunately, I did make weight the final game of the year. (laughs) And we were in the championship against the South Babbage's team off of, uh, I guess it was the south, uh, off the west side. And I played in that game, and I can't remember anything because I was so exhausted from the excitement of being able to play and not being in the game time experience. (laughs) But to go on from there... Yeah, it was something. I never played, but that final championship game, I made the weight, and I disciplined myself to get down the weight. So the next year, I decided I'm going to play again, but I was an age up, and when they called it the Bantamweight. I think that's where I met you, Chris, in Bantamweight, (laughs) over at Patrick Henry High School. Yeah. No, I was a Bantamweight. We were the Mike St. Clair All-Stars once again, and we moved up to a weight, and we moved up to another uh, section of Elliott Field, and we had Coach uh, Ivan, Coach uh, Coach Ted Hilliard, Coach uh, Clemens Porter, and my main man, uh, Lloyd Graham rest his soul. He uh, put our team together, and we had some talented kids. Tere McCulley, he ended up going to Chanel High School. Derek Callahan, a lot of these kids went to Central Catholic, Benedictine, things of those nature later on. But we had a championship team there run, and we played a team called the East 97th Street Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I know if anyone has immediately heard of the Bulldogs. Had a great player there by the name of Mike Clark, who went on to star at Akron University. And uh, we went out there, and they kicked the crap out of us, that, that game. And we all vowed we were going to work to play harder the next year and win that championship. And that's when it all started. I moved from wing back to fullback and a middle linebacker. And we were the black and gold. I, I was a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shame on me playing in the Cleveland Browns mini league. Franco Harris was my main man. And I wore his number. And for whatever reason, I had a decent season. And we were playing a team called Codell on the west side of Cleveland. Their star quarterback was uh, Gary Grant, if anyone knows that kid. He played for the University of Michigan, went on to play pro basketball, or uh, the Clippers and many other teams. Then they had another kid on their team by the name of Tony Pacey, who eventually came on to St. Ed's <laughs> out of the Muni League. And a guy named Johnny Gitz played stellar ball for St. Joseph's. So I could say that Muni League was really, uh, uh, how would you say it? it, it was the channel to big high school sports coming to the Cleveland Browns Muni League. And we went in and we played them that night. Uh, I want to say it was at West. Uh, what is that? West Tech, maybe. They had lights. Yes, yes, yes. We played them that night, man, and nothing could go wrong for me. I touched the ball, I'd run forty yards. Touch the ball, run fifty. Scored, touched it left and right. But our star player truly was our quarterback, Trey McCulloch, one of my best friends too. And that night, I could not miss. And high schools started calling me every day and seeing if I was interested in coming down and checking out their schools. And uh, I won the MVP of the, the championship for the Cleveland Browns mini league, and was able to go downtown to the Touchdown Club and sit with those Browns. Do you remember the Cardiac Kids? Yeah. I'm sitting at a I'm at a banquet with guys like Doug Deacon, Brian Syke. Mike Pruitt, Greg Pruitt, the big name. All the Cleveland Browns are at this thing, and I'm the banquet, and they're going to honor me My world. world. Nice. <laughs> Dream dreams, unbelievable. But it was something that just showed me that, hey, man, you're doing all right. You might be able to do something else with this. So as that ends, I get this big trophy that looks like a Heisman trophy. Uh, not quite the Heisman, but it looks like one. And I'm getting calls. And one day, this guy by the name of Tim Hyland, he called me up. He said, hey, Kelvin, this is Tim Hyland. I'm a coach over at uh, St. Edward High School. He says, we watched you play the other night, and you were just unbelievable. How about we get together and sit down and talk? So he picks me up. <laughs> he drives on the east side. This guy's a mover and a shaker. Great guy though, Tim Holland. If you don't know, I think you might know him too, Chris. Yes, I do. And
1: yes, I do. So yeah, a good
2: Hyland. Hyland, He says, he says, let's go. Where do you want to go eat? Get something. We can just talk a little bit about life. Well, I worked at the Randall Park Mall at the time, so let's we can go to Randall Park Mall. That was the biggest mall in the United States. I think it was owned by Bartolo. was out of Youngstown. They built that place. It was world renowned. And we go there. He says, well, Where you want to eat? I don't know. I don't didn't have money to go eat nowhere big. I let go to Friendly's. So we tend to go to Family's Restaurant. I don't know. I just had a Shake Burger and thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> 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 and, uh, it it, it uh, really changed my 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 thinking right then and there, sitting down and talking to uh, Tim Highland. He was more like a mentor to me, and. Uh, If I could back up, Chris, uh, I I needed to go back one more step with uh, the B-Buzz. B-Buzz. I played B-Buzz baseball. First baseman, shortstop. I thought I was a good athlete at baseball. Could throw, could catch, hit decent. Had a lot of good players in baseball. But as a youngster, I got hurt. And uh, it was an accident, some uh, grass shears, and it cut my artery in my leg, so I couldn't play baseball for a minute. This started in second grade, probably. My mom actually saved my life. Greatest lady ever, God rest her soul, too. She tied a tourniquet around my leg and uh, rushed me to the hospital. Doctor said if she didn't do that, I wouldn't have lived. Didn't think I'd ever play baseball, be running or anything like that. Then that's when the football thing came on. So I'm sorry that I missed that part.
1: No,
2: no, no, It was crucial in my in my turnaround, never thought. So After and that was when I played with Brad Sellers in that system because you got drafted, you played like the little league, they made it look like the big leagues. And uh, I had to come back after missing a whole year of playing baseball, healed myself, and God blessed me and gave me an opportunity to play again, and I got drafted to a team called, or a part of the organization called the Mets, Braves organization. They had a coach by the name of Mr. Curry. This man was something special, man. He made you a champion. And that's all I did was win in, in that program and learn what winning was all about at an early age. Mm-hmm. Championships. And any guy that I talked to that play with, they talk about, man, we was champions. I didn't get a chance to go play championship ball like you uh in high school at Saint Ed's, but we'll get to that point sooner than later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyhow, getting back to it all, I wanted to go back and, and touch points on that 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 part of uh, my my early athletic experience. But uh, getting back to uh, playing and then going to Saint Ed's and meeting Tim Hyland. he was my mentor. We went to friendlies and had lunch. He talked to me, said Calvin. You know, this is a great opportunity. We're loving your your style play. You're a great kid. Keep your nose clean. You come to St. Ed's, good things could happen to you here. You come and you go to class and do the things you got to do. I guarantee you'll get a scholarship to go to college somewhere. So my eyes lit up. I'm thinking, man, nobody's went to college for my my family. And uh, I got a chance to go here. And he's telling me I can get a free ride because we couldn't afford that at the time.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And... I went to St. Ed's in the 10th grade. Most guys started. You were a Herbie, right? You became a Herbie. Yes. You know, if People don't know in our podcast, it's freshman that it comes in the St. Ed's. They were labeled as a Herbie. It's just an inside thing, I guess. And I didn't get to experience that part. I came as a 10th grader because junior high back then went to the 7th through 9th. And he said go to St. Ed's. I came and I visited the school one day, I had my ninth grade year. And uh there was kids around there named Bill Kell, uh, Mike Maline. People who went to St. Ed's know these kids, they were impressioned very well and embedded in St. Ed's history. big uh, names, yes. Yes. And uh what happened here was I went there for a visit, and it was going across town to go to school, coming from East 162nd Street, going over to the west side in Lakewood. I had to have a commute. I commuted on a bus, RTA. I'd take a train sometime because I'd go down in the terminal tower before it became what it is now. Uh, downtown Cleveland's unbelievable compared to what it was me growing up. It was Higbee's, and you go down. I take the bus by 35, 40 minutes from Miles, 162nd, all the way downtown to uh, Public Square. Either I get on the 26th bus, mm-hmm. or I take the rapid up to 98th Street and then ride it down mm-hmm. into uh, St. edge, Dropped you off at the school right in front of you. That was the blessing behind that. It dropped you right in front of the school door, but it just took a route to get there. But uh, my sophomore year, my home teacher was named Mr. Cody. And he passed away uh, suddenly. Unfortunately, we didn't know. And he had a son named David, who I saw a few years ago. And we talked about a lot of that. And we did a ride share with a senior guy by the name of uh, Zingales, David Zingales. He was a wrestler coming from Solon. <laughs> so he would pick me up on the corner of uh, Miles, no, excuse me, that was Lee Road, and where 480 branched into it. It wasn't even a completed highway. I'd take the bus down there, and he'd pick me up there, and I'd get that ride in the car to St. Ed's. So it kind of helped my my commute with that ride share for that first uh, year. And I went to St. Ed's, and it became a a very humbling experience for me. It was in a difficult time. Uh, The city was... uh, in default, uh, Mayor Dennis Kucinich was uh, actually the mayor at the time, and they decided to start uh, desegregation. And I'm going to have to backtrack once again because in the middle of my ninth grade year after playing my last year of muni leagues, going to Charles W. Elliott, they decided that they were going to start busing. Busing was nowhere. They were going to integrate the west side and the east side, the white kids and the black kids and switch schools, but what they did was they took us from the east side out of our schools, put us on a bus, and we rode 45 minutes to an hour to the west side and went in their schools, and they brought the kids from the west side and put them over to the east side and sent them to Elliott in our junior high schools. So it wasn't the best situations, and that was going to continue on in high school, and that was one of the swaying uh, ideals for me to go to St. Ed's, being that they were very interested in me and the city of Cleveland was going through a time of uh, desegregation because it was pretty much segregated due to west side and east side. So I almost kind of feel I was a trailblazer uh, stepping in and going over to St. Ed, a young black man, uh, not understanding all the demographics of it and the history of Cleveland at that time. And I'm, I'm glad I did take that, that leap of faith and uh, with my mentorship of Tim Hyland, it helped me out uh, traveling that way. Uh, so that's in short. Uh, is there any questions you got for me uh, outside of that? I, oh, go, no. I, I know I go, on, I go on and on, but I
1: just know it is. No, it, that, it that's it. perfect. That's perfect. It, it was, Calvin, it, it was. What? Yeah, it, you know, you, you bring up Mr. Highland and any Anybody, especially he has always taken the time, especially black student athletes, and talked to them not, not just about school but about life, about, you know, making choices, you know, to be able to take care of your family in the future. You know, he was instrumental in me going to St. Ed's too. So, you know, I heard the stories about you from him. But he talked to me about having a chance to go to Michigan, going to a Big Ten school, playing football, you know, graduating, the importance of a degree. So, you know, thank you, Mr. Highland. And it's great to hear you confirm that and say, you know, share your story. Because I know there's tons of guys that he that he's helped in the past and you know, and they've come out a lot better. So it's great for you yeah. to share that story. It, it it was
2: it was so influential because he said he'd guide me the way, but he said, Kelvin, you know what? You could be anything you want to be. If you come to St. Ed's, this is your opp- – we'll give you the opportunity to be that. He said, you can even become the first – you can be the mayor of Cleveland. Mayor White ended up taking over later on after that. <laughs> Politics You're was right. not up my house. <laughs> but his, he gave me the idea of dreams, and he gave me the vehicle and, and uh, led me to a way of getting there. But uh, okay. moving on, I guess, Chris – until uh, touching bases with St. Ed's and uh, the humbling experiences. I can name some coaches because you followed after me. Probably was about four years behind me. Chris, uh, you were a uh, freshman. I had just left, I'm sure. You had just left, yeah. Yep. And uh, Coach Flaherty was the head coach at the time, Uh, Dan Flaherty. Great man, great friend. And t- became a good mentor. He was actually my marriage teacher at <laughs> in high school. And <laughs> this was a good guy. But tough on, tough on you on the football field. And then yeah. go on to mention guys like Coach Erbis, the rock stone of St. Ed's, was there forever. Right. He even thought my son gave him some good lessons. My son went on to go to St. Ed's in the, uh, right. in the late 90s, early uh, 2000s. And then I can go on to mention coaches I can't forget, Coach Rebar, my offensive coordinator. He thought I was pretty bright and knew his offense pretty good. <laughs> hey, I struggled in it at moments. And then we ran that funky uh, run and shoot offense. The run and which shoot. But you look at, look at the uh, arrows now, and it's come full circle. They spread them out, and they throw that ball, and they move it around in all yeah. the big time programs. But back then it wasn't to be seen because you was that toter. You know, you you played with Al O'Neill and you carried that ball thirty times if you had to and did what you had to do. I touched it fifteen fifteen times a game maybe until we changed that in my senior year. We had a guy, Coach Swank. He played for Ohio State. He was our offensive line coach. Great guy. But everyone knows Coach Barnhart. Barney was. He made you a tough nail as you could be or told you were go- you're going to be a tough nail or you're going to catch, catch it from him <laughs> in that weight room. room. You knew how that went down there. So. Yes. And another guy I want to mention, though, is Howard Ferguson. He was my sales teacher. And when I was in school, he was writing a book called uh, The Edge, which uh, most people went to say same saw the quotes. Of the book it was a colorful book it was quote of all famous people dignitaries politicians athletes and just sharing their 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 wealth of information on how what it took to be great and I can remember uh, we were having an annual uh, jog a for him because we were trying to improve our weights before I went to St. Ed's they were known as a college for the weight that they used with the Nautilus. Nautilus was the thing back in the late 70s, early 80s. I'm dating myself once again. And that weight room was state of the art in my mind, and that's what they, uh, Tim Hyland and them sold me on, and it truly was. St. Ed's was a first-class operation over there. And uh remember some days back at St. Ed's, uh, Flaherty's head coach, I come in, in that summer knew, you know, one of the only black kids playing for for the uh, program at the time. And uh, there's a coach there by the name of Cousineau. Tom Cousineau's dad, famous Tom Kuzino, a former St. Ed's Eagle also. And he was he was a pretty good guy. I liked his dad. And he, he he made me feel comfortable in my first few days there. So one day we're practicing And we look over to the side where the uh, uh, locker rooms are. You know, you pull up that driveway and there's this car from Back to the Future sitting there, a DeLorean. And Tom Kuzno pulls up. And I'm thinking, wow, this is something new and exciting for a kid coming from the inner city, so to speak, uh, east side of Cleveland to see the DeLorean, something from the TV show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of the movies. Yeah. And the car, the doors open up from the top and he gets out, and this big muscular dude. He was a nice guy, man. And that was one of my most impressionable moments to see a star in my mind at that time get out of that car. But to go on and talk about a couple of my teammates, uh, Kevin Graven, I was coming behind this kid, mm-hmm. redhead, white guy, strong as an ox, fast as ever. His legs just legit bug, man. I loved his style of running. I watch him. I'm a a sophomore. He's a senior. And this kid's a beast. And then I can go on I can talk about Jim McConville, played linebacker for us, went on to play at Michigan. Tom McCormick, uh, he went on to play at Ohio State, was one of our offensive line. Billy Kell was our quarterback at the time until he got hurt. I felt terrible just to see that when he got hurt. But in my class, also Bob Mish, quarterback for yes. us, uh, played for our uh, Navy. Thought I'm on TV a few good times. I was like, "Wow, that's my quarterback!" I'm bragging to all my teammates. He's <laughs> It was something, man, was something. And then Frank Wade was my fullback. He went on to mm-hmm. Russell, and he, he went to Illinois. But he was the steamer. They called. They were, they called me the sweeper. And they called him the steamer. Frank was the lightest heavyweight wrestling champ in the state of Ohio, probably in the country ever. <laughs> you know, heavyweight, it was unlimited in the weight, and he was probably about 205, 200 if easy, and was pinning guys unbelievable. And I missed those guys. They were good guys. Yeah, man, something. Yeah. By me Frank being a, a trailblazer, going back into that era and segregation time, we had a couple guys that followed right behind him. Tony Pacey, you might know him because uh, he played for Navy mm-hmm. Park too. If you didn't that. Isn't that the, isn't that the yeah. team you played for? At the Navy That's Park. It.
1: Navy Park. Yes, so I
2: remember that. I remember Larry and him asking if I go over to there and watch this kid and tell me what you think. I said, "What was your number? Thirty or th- what did you wear?" Thirty. 30- thirty. I wore what thirty. I wore- yes, I said. That, I said, "I don't know what kid y'all talk about, but This thirty dude, he can't be terrible." You were running guys over. You'd stretch the field, turn it up. I said, go ahead, Chris. So I told him about it, and soon enough, you came, and you're, you're your mom. I remember meeting your mom one day after a game, and she was the nicest lady to me. I thinking, wow, your mom was a beautiful <laughs> lady, man. She was nice. In those times that I did get to meet her, and she spoke highly of me. Why? I was nobody in my mind. But, no, oh, we had Tony Pace, Tony Yeah, she was something. But no, we had uh Tony Pacey come out at uh, Cadell first Navy Park, but he was on that Cadell team. Uh Marvin Bowman. Rest yeah. his soul too. Uh mm-hmm. I can remember a day uh Lloyd Granberry, which was our coach at Mike St. Clair, Marvin came up. He was a Pee Wee when I was a bad weight, and I went on to high school. So one day I'm in class and Granberry said, hey, I'm coming over to school today. I'm bringing somebody with me. I said, who are you bringing, coach? He said, Bowman, Marvin Bowman. I said, oh, okay, Bowman was good. I remember watching him as a peewee. He was just this tall, lanky kid, and he would grab the ball out of the air and catch it any time he'd throw it to him. So they bring him over to the school. Flair said, yeah, we got this kid, they said coming over uh, named Marvin Bowman. They decided, they said he's a basketball player, he's pretty good. They put Marvin out. Then he was practicing with the varsity basketball team. Marvin's not even in high school yet. He's an eighth grader because Marvin was a true Herbie, too. He goes out he's shooting ball with these seniors and juniors, and he's just an eighth grader, and he's doing damn good with it. And Marvin ended up going to St. Ed's, too, and I would drive him to school if I got up my driver's lessons. And, of course, we got Chris Williams, Juan uh, Gross, and many to follow, and it diversified St. Ed's program. And it gave every one of those kids an opportunity and an understanding. I'm sure it bettered them in some way in their future for their lives. So I, I, I'm just pleased that I, I made that decision and, to go there, and uh, it's helped me out throughout my whole life. Thank but,
1: you,
2: you know, for traveling. I'm, I'm just – when I look back at it, at the time I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I knew I took, I, took a, I took a leap of faith and listened to my mentor, and it did work out. Yeah.
1: So let, let's talk about your your football career at St. Ed, and I know you said you you talked about some of the guys you played with, but talk about some of the games that were. You know what what were the memorable games for you what do you What do you remember?
2: Well, nobody will never know this, but I can remember
1: us playing um Padua
2: High School <laughs> and okay. it's a night game we were out there in parma, and it's really a physical game. We're playing pretty good. And I don't, this is nothing special that I did in that game, but I was playing, I caught a swing pass, and I'm turning the corner, and I took the hardest hit I've ever taken in my whole career of playing football from this kid named Tom Carpano, who played safety for those guys. I ended up seeing him again later on in college at the university. He played for OU, and I played for Toledo, of course. And that game was something because of the physicality of it, but the... Big game was the Holy War, of course you know. And yes. I did not lose to Saint Ignatius in my career as a varsity player. So I'm blessed to say I did that in the Holy War. It was pretty good. And go on to talk about big games career. We played Cincinnati Molder, number one team in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had guys like uh, the Francisco brothers, Hiawatha and Dewan. They went on to play at yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, they had the Boulas, Shane Boulas, linebacker. Met him a lot <laughs> in that game. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, went, play. he played Michigan he State, right? Michigan State, correct. But that game, man, i tell you what. St. Anne's, we prepared. It was all about preparation. And we didn't have all the best athletes in the world, but we were fundamentally sound, and we prepared repetition. We prepared ourselves, and we played that team, man. I'll never forget that night, Baldwin Wallace Stadium. And mm-hmm. we would sell that place out more than the college did that night. Danny Rulon, yes. my dad, before he died, told me that game was crazy, Kelvin. That was an unbelievable night. Everybody <laughs> said, "Is that your son?" <laughs> Man and Rebar would run that sprint pass right, man, and swing it out to me, man. I had like nine catches, 100-plus, 100 140-something yards, touchdown. And we were hanging with Cincinnati the First half, we had a young uh, sophomore at the time. Tom Zubo was playing nose guard. He was crushing him, so we were right in the game, thick of the game, and somehow he blew his knee out. And we didn't have the same depth. At Cincinnati molar not to say that we didn't have depth because we had depth when we played uh, throughout our, our conferences in our league uh, you know in the city realm but that was a whole nother team there Cincinnati molar was a college team when we were in high school <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they went on the right. yeah but no you can go on you can talk about the St. Joe's you know Mike Timko's, uh Late Catholic teams, Sullivan Twins. Then a guy came over to coach at St. Ed's at Gibbons. After that, and I got a chance to talk to him about that when my son was playing there, and he went to St. Ed's. But no, those are just some most memorable times in my life, and they've kind of gotten washed away due to life consumption of family moving. I've, I've moved in different regions of the country. I went down to the Midwest in uh, Kansas City. Now I live in the Chicago area. And it, it just looking back and referencing to my St. Ed's will always be a special time in my life because of the opportunities that were offered to me. But there were some tough times, too, because of the times. Like I said, desegregation, everybody wasn't ready for a guy like myself or it would have been you at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. coming in those doors. And it got better, and the relations were different. There were some special families there, the Tedescos. Uh, I, I love those guys. Uh, B.J., he was his name, Bobby Joe. His parents were great to me. The Carlyacs, I mean, those people were special people out of the St. Ed's family. And to this day, if I go to St. Ed's, and times I do get to go down here, my daughter was involved, she's still involved with the cheerleaders sometimes with Gretchen who cheered when we were, when I was in school, <laughs> she was my daughter's cheerleader. Yeah. That's, that's another story. My son went to St. Ed's and my daughter ended up going to Magnifica, and she was a cheerleader for the Ed's and I'd come down and it was just special that my legacy just kept going through that, that pipeline. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that's it. You know, Chris, I, I I am a rambler at times, so please cut me short when we say No, you
1: you're fine. You you're fine. You you are <laughs> fine. I, and I just i I'll, I'll throw this in there. So and without you know Kelvin Farmer, high school running back, the greatest running back I I ever watched. So three times I was able to be a ball boy at St. Ed's. It was St. <laughs> Joe's game. It was the Molar game. And unfortunately, I was on the Iggy side for the Iggy game. And I just remember against against Joes it was Mike Clark, you it was that the back Kelvin Farmer versus Mike Clark. And then the Ignatius game, they had a running back kid by the name of Ginley versus Kelvin yeah. Farmer. And those to the I remember those games more than I remember any game that I played in. Especially the Joes game because what you did in that game made me appreciate what running backs were about. And I could just remember, you know, you catching that, you come in that long motion, catch that little sweep, turn the corner, make a couple people miss, drive for more yards. And I just remember how you handled the ball, how you were able to make people miss. I just remember all that stuff. And I literally would practice that. My mom would tell me to go to the store and get something. On my way to the right store, all right, I'm Calvin Farmer. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm catching, the, I'm catching the sleep. I'm going in motion. People are looking at me like I'm crazy. But that's what I did, and that's how I got better because of Calvin Farmer. So, I, I man, I, I, this is great for me. This is great. But that, that's how I started wearing, dreaming about wearing the green and green and gold. I wanted to be Calvin Farmer, and I remember those games. But I, I remember the first time I, I actually got to meet you was they used to have that long line of kids when the Eagles would come yep. out of the locker room at BW and I got the you were you'd come out, you'd be in the back. I I got to slap your hand, you stopped and kinda grabbed my hand a little bit and kept running. I was like, Oh man, I just met Calvin Farmer <laughs> That was it. <laughs>
2: that was it. So That's great. But I'm glad it was an impression. Like I said, I didn't know truly that I was that trailblazer. But you went on mm-hmm. and you kept it going and you made it special and better for the next kid to come along. But let's not forget how important St. Ed's program was, and it was ready to diversify itself and give us yeah. that opportunity. And and, yeah. and we the ones that reached out and took advantage to of it, it was a great thing for them. But going on, I mean, you know, I, I'm just – Trailbla- uh reflecting back on things that I haven't reflected on in quite some time. So I appreciate you uh, looking me up for this uh, podcast here. Wow. Oh,
1: no, no. I just, it's easy. It's easy. You were, you're history. You are one of the best ever and one of the, the best people from St. Anne's. It's not, it's not just about what you did athletically. And for those of you that don't know, so my senior year, we made a, a big run in the playoffs. And at the same time, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, Calvin Farmer was in college just breaking all kinds of records, and you ended up finished number two in the country in Division One football, running the ball. But I remember you came home and came to St. Ed's and actually took the time just to talk to me. You talked to me a little bit about football, said, hey, congratulations, But just talk to me about life in general, and that sticks out. That's the kind of stuff, you know, and I I look back and I'm like, I hope I was able to pass that on to somebody else. But you coming there and spending that time when you had everything going on in your life, you were the man in college football. But you took the time to come and talk to this, you know, this high school kid. So, I, you know, I appreciate it. Um. You know, so it, it's easy. But Bottom line, the point I was trying to make, it was easy, you know, reaching out to you because those are my memories, and that's, you know, what people should know about Calvin Farmer. So it was easy to call you and get you on the podcast. So I appreciate you. So awesome. but let me ask you this, Calvin. If you could turn yeah. back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? What would you tell Calvin Farmer back then? Knowing what you know now.
2: (laughs) That's a good one. I look back and say, if I was 18, had to do it all over. I would say always keep your mind open and free. Listen to all. Good, bad, or indifferent. Learn from the experience. And just always try to be the best you can be. You know, we have guidance along the way, and then sometimes we fall off the road or the path that we're heading. But I would have told myself, Kelvin, if you can dream it, you can live it. And I lived it in many aspects. Didn't get into the constant dream that, you know, being a great NFL career. Had an opportunity in the NFL, of course. Mm -hmm. But it was was just something at 18 years old, going through what I went through. And when I went on all the – I didn't have all of the – anyone guiding me from uh say for instance my peers or uh should I say my uh someone who walked the path before me. You know, those are different times, man. Everybody's get caught up, like you said, and I'm glad I did take the time to come back and say something good that touched you, Chris, because all the time you didn't have someone like that to do it. and not many walked that path out of my neighborhood. So Right. It, it right. was big. It was big. Uh, and I would tell myself and any young man, you and become the best you can be. And the only thing I wish I would have done differently, Chris, is uh, hit the books harder than ever. You know, because athletics is a short-lived uh, time of your life. It's important, of course. It's fun. It's exciting. But you only can do that for a short period of your time in life got to just kind of strengthen that brain of yours and your intellect and your networking system, which St. Ed's did a great deal for me. Networking is key. Meeting great people, understanding. Other people are doing a lot of great things. And you can always reach out to anyone from the Ed's team, and I'm sure they'll reach out back to you. So that's a good thing.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. And and what's one thing that St. Ed's did for you that you didn't expect? Like hey, In your wildest dreams, you just didn't expect it to happen, but St. Ed's provided an opportunity for you.
2: Well, you can touch on a lot of bases. I just didn't expect the, the door to be open for me like it is. Whenever I go back to Ed's, they roll out the red carpet. I'm welcome in that school. That is our family no matter what. Those doors are always open to us. Then my son, I I told him, man, he heard a lot of things about what I did, and I went back and I helped coach. I think you might have been on on, on the staff then, no? Because Joanne and uh uh Duwan and uh, Bailey were coaching. I helped coach when McQuaid took over for a period of time. It was just part-time coaching. And I came
1: right after you, yes.
2: Okay, okay, yeah, and those kids, I knew they had something special, not even realizing that I was living out in Lorraine County at the time. I didn't realize they did that whole trek, and this goes back to the story when Dan Coglin, the writer from the uh, Plain Dealer, I think it was the press, one of the mm-hmm. two major, uh, uh, papers, he wrote an article article from, about me, saying all the way from East 130th to St. Ed's, and I kept telling him, and the day, night I got in, inducted into the Hall of Fame, I told him, I said, Dan Cogg, I lived on 162nd. <laughs> I had to <laughs> emphasize where I came from. It was about 25 blocks up, but it was right in the same block because all those guys went to the same junior high schools as I did, and they just couldn't get it right, but it still was just great. But St. Ed's like I said, it was a humbling situation for the times, but it prepared me be honest with you, Chris, when I went to college my freshman year, every kid there's all American in their mind. I rushed the 2,000 yards. I did this. I did that. I'm an A student. And some of those guys didn't even make it through the first semester. (laughs) Whether they were that A student, St. Ed's prepared me, man, because when I went to St. Ed's, I would come home after practicing every night and traveling that hour back. And I have a bag full of books that I had homework to do and study. And a lot of my friends that went to some of the other schools, and I don't want to name the schools because I'm not here to bash anybody, they'd be out having fun kicking in the neighborhood, but they didn't have as far to travel, but they didn't have as much homework in the preparation in which they did. And that's one of the reasons I think I was able to be successful in college and get a college degree and, and move on due to the discipline behind it. And when the expectations they wanted anyone that's saying that they want you to be successful, and yeah. I am so happy that I, I did make that that, that move. And it, it could have been a big difference too because I was slated before desegregation uh, uh, came and uh, busing to go to JFK. We might have had a state championship team over there, brother. Was some of the kids that we had going, but when the right. city went in default and it was pay to play and Everybody went different ways, it changed the whole dynamics of everything. So mm-hmm. St. Ed did teach me about preparation and I always told my kid, press, preparation is the key. Because if you're prepared, nothing's gonna surprise you. You're gonna be able to do what you gotta do. <laughs> but then you know, and you know what? Going back one more time about you asked me about a game that was very important to uh, or that was big to me. And this was a game we played at Cleveland public school at the time. And we're playing, uh, Collinwood, if I'm correct. And I'm from St. Ed's. The kids knew me from the League, and we go out and we're playing, uh, Collinwood. And these guys keyed me. They were hitting me, sticking me. I didn't have the ball. Frank, we had the best game. A big, big, big game because they were all just out trying to tattoo me, man. But that was the key, the discipline behind it all because there were some great athletes on those uh, Cleveland Public School kids, man. I know. and There were some of those guys. And, and the opportunity presented itself, and I'm glad I was able to answer it. And thank you, St. Ed, and all who were involved in getting that and making that happen for me
1: nice all right so i'm going to move forward a little bit so you finish at st ed's one of the greatest backs in the school's history first team all all ohio so recruiting starts what do you remember about being recruited to go to college
2: that is the weirdest time for me those humbling moments letters you'd see some some i didn't see you know, but there was a couple of schools that were interested in me at the time. I didn't know much about uh, recruitment. All I knew was, you get a letter, you to send the questionnaire back to tell them that you're interested in them, too. <laughs> yeah. But I had guys like Michigan State, uh, Muddy Waters. Uh, then they made a chance with George Perlis, Kentucky, F D C. They were the bottom of the bottoms, but uh, we had Kalinski, John Kalinski, played with me. His brother played with for the coach that time, at that time, uh, We knew Coach Flaherty. Uh, he was the head coach at Kentucky at the time. So that's my first time ever flying. I get on this flight uh, on a by a twelve seat commuter plane. Turbulence is everywhere. Never flew in my life. I'm like shattered and battered by the time we land down in Lexington. So I get off, and it's a great, great recruiting trip. And I go, and I'm watching. They got us down in the bowl. I think it's Rupp Arena. Kentucky's playing uh, Auburn. They got a great player by the name of Kenny Skywalker playing. And Auburn's got a great guy by the name of Chuck or Charles Barkley. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sitting right there in the bowl of this game and it was a flight of flights. Skywalker to sky, don't champion or don't contest them in the NBA afterwards. That was a experience of a lifetime to see that, uh, African university name all over the, the scoreboard. Kelvin farmer, come here. You can imagine your name, seeing you up here. Youngstown state, the seniors, uh, Oh man. Uh, Trussell there at the time, Mm -hmm. you know Trussell from Ohio State, and finally there's Toledo. That era was the time where, um, when they were recruiting me, they were looking for guys Herschel Walker status, six three, six two, two twenty five, run the four five, four four forty, Marcus Dupree, and I'm Kelvin Farmer, five eleven. 185 pounds <laughs> running a <at> 46 <laughs> so I was not the greatest athlete but I was a hard worker and the recruitment worked out and went to Toledo and the coach offered me a scholarship and I thought it was a good place for me to be at the time family could see me play it's division 1 Akron was division one double A and Youngstown State was Division two, but I wanted to go big time. Michigan State would have been my choice. Kentucky, I liked them, but they wouldn't offer me a full ride to January, but Toledo did. And I went there, had to start all over again, as you know you do in recruitment. Yes. Freshman year, I'm a slave to be redshirted. And I get there, and next thing you know, I'm not playing. A scout team, but I'm killing them in scout team, killing them, making them better. Our defense is ranked number one in the nation. We're the only two undefeated teams, Nebraska and us. They had Turner Gill and Mike Rozier, and our defense number one. But that's part of me working them hard as a scout team player every week. (laughs) It was something humbling for me to understand my time would come. Kid gets hurt. It was my red shirt. I'm playing special teams, and backup tailback. 1984, we go to the California Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I we get to play uh, UNLV, quarterbacks Randall Cunningham. Got a back by the oh, name wow. of Icky Wood. And we're at these banquets and everything. Uh, every day, uh, our team, their team, we dressed in our modest clothes because we didn't have money at the time like that. Randall Cunningham's in a tuxedo because he was going to be the number one draft pick or a first-rounder. Sure enough, we all saw that happen. And when we lose that game on the field, what we want to do by default. So I'm a champion again at the college level. Beautiful thing. Big games I've had in college after the recruitment. Uh, Wichita State. We flew down there and Stayed down there, and it was a little town. Come full circle, I ended up moving to Kansas City, and so I'm in the city of Kansas <laughs> uh yeah, Missouri. Uh, I had games against, I get to play in Arizona. Chuck C. So, uh Byron Evans played for f- Philadelphia. Beautiful times, wow. seeing a different part of the country, you know. Uh, senior year, I get to play. We go down to Tallahassee. Playing Florida State, rain the whole time we're down there, all the way up till game time when they come out with the horse. He throws that arrow down. (laughs) First couple plays of the series, we're moving the ball up and down the field. I catch the ball in the flat, flat. and I'm thinking I'm seeing nothing but the house. This guy comes out of nowhere. Everyone knows him at this point in time. Neon Dion at the time. Prime time. (laughs) Yeah, uh, standards. And and it showed me my athleticism was nowhere near his. <laughs> and it was a great- <laughs> We lost that game. I think 24 nothing. We were there, but we didn't make it happen. Uh, went on after that and had a shot. Uh, my mentor... well, my, my The one I idled all along was Tony Dorsett. Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. gave me a shot to come play. I'm in camp with Tony Dorsett, Herschel Walker, the guys I'll tell you about, I'm based off, I can't get recruited to the big schools because they're recruiting guys of this stature, but it was great experiences. Herschel was a good guy when I met him though. Great times in in our meetings. Saved me an occasion. I'm not going to tell you about that, but, uh, it's just been great. And then, uh, like I said, to come on out of college, try that stint at that, start my family, my kids. Jordan graduated from St. Ed's. He went to Toledo briefly for a moment, transferred and got a degree from OU. My daughter, okay, went to Mags. Mags, Adriana. She played. Uh, she was a cheerleader for St. Ed's, so I was at a lot, quite a few uh, games at St. Ed's. But I was living in Kansas City at the time. But when I come back, I'd come back and see her cheer from the mighty uh, Eagles. And uh, it's just been a great experience. And the doors are still open to anyone I believe that goes, that went to St. Ed's because my son talks about it all the time. He's got relations with people from Ed's. Actually him and Tim Hyland's son are in the same class and they were pretty good friends. And that comes full circle for me to start with his dad. And now my son and him are together and they're friends. But I know I'm probably dragging through my hour but I, I just love having No, no, a... no, no, this is great. This
1: is great. Now and just, you know, so you have to talk about the your senior year second leading rusher in the nation. What was that like? And were you I believe it was Paul Palmer at Temple? Is he the... Yes. Okay. I picked so... first.
2: He was number 1, I was number 2.
1: Yeah, so were you guys battling back and forth game by game? How was it, how was it going? How was that? It's actually were you keeping up with it? <laughs> actually, I wasn't paying well, attention
2: to it. I was, to, I was trying to get us a win. We win the Cal Bowl, and we won the California Bowl uh, my sophomore year. Junior, junior year, we go in a funk. We can't win a road game. We can't win nothing. So I go and I got hurt my first game against Arizona my junior year, stinger in my shoulder. But I played the rest of the year. I was in the top five, top ten of everything in the nation. But my numbers were dropping and off because, you know, every time you get hit in that, that shoulder, everything goes numb, you drop the ball, or you're not as effective. Yes. My senior year, I worked mm-hmm. hard as I could in the weight room. We had a weight coach by the name of uh, uh, coach, coach Manning. He ended up going with Saban up to Michigan State and retired from there just recently. He stayed there. Got my my shoulders like ball peens. My thighs were just strong as an ox, and I was just working hard. And okay. I just went on a run, man. I went on a run that I like you did in high school. you went on a run where they just couldn't stop you, you were running for two, three hundred yards a game. I was running for a hundred and fifty plus every game. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I had a good, decent high offensive line. I understood our offense very well, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. It was like a blur to me at the at the time, honestly, because I was not the greatest athlete. I was a hard worker. I understood the game of football because I studied my playbook, yeah. which you did, I'm sure, in yours, because that's what you were taught at St. Ed's, right?
1: Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
2: But that run, I they said that by Halloween, it was scary. My numbers were getting real scary. They had an article out. And that's when I noticed that I was doing something. When I read that article in, in uh, Toledo, Toledo Blade, they said, farmers' numbers are scary, and it's Halloween. And from that point on, I couldn't, each week, I they would give me that rock, and I'd it. And uh, we were winning. That was the beautiful thing. We start winning. Uh, and we went on that run, and I fell a little short. Because maybe uh we didn't start off like I was, maybe that was due to me not coming in as well prepared as I thought it should be, but I didn't like losing. As I said, it was innate and brought up in there to be a winner. And I knew to win you had to work hard. And that was starting back from my B Buzz days playing baseball and Mike St. Clair all stars. So it does start very young with most if they don't understand that.
1: Okay. Nice, nice. All right. So you have a successful you're you're very successful on the football field. Then you graduate from Toledo. Talk about what you got your degree in and the importance of it and what you're doing now. Okay, that's a little
2: different. <laughs> uh after the great success in uh on the football field, uh my life changes. Uh I graduated. Well, I didn't graduate initially. I went and ran make that run for the with the Cowboys, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed me as a free agent. I just had my son Jordan at the time, and I got a family started starting. Uh, and I get in my. I didn't make it. Tom Landry calls me in. I'm out on the practice field. I don't know if you know how this works. When you go into uh, <laughs> camp. And you're trying to make the uh, 53-man roster a little more back then. Uh, Before you go out, they'll have a note saying go see your coach before practice. And it was one of the last uh, cuts coming up. And I didn't have a note in my thing because you walk ashamed, you go to the office, and you've seen it on Hard Knocks and stuff like that. Anyway, I didn't get the call. I didn't have a note in my locker. I'm dressed, and I'm out on the field thinking, I'm going to make this team. I'm going to make this team. They made a mistake by not putting a letter in my thing. They take me off the field and I have to go see Coach. And he told me anything I want to do, and it was the most heartbreaking moment. I got a young son at home, and I don't know what to do at that point. Come back, better go back to school. I had a few quarters left, and I went back and got my degree in uh, communications, PR, public relations. Unfortunately, at the time, uh, PR people weren't making that much money. And I didn't get to do my dream, chase my dream as a a TV man. I did do some TV work, though, with uh, an NBC affiliate and things of that nature. Ended up going, and I worked for Ford Motor Company. 32 years to this day now I've been with Ford Motor Company. And it's given me a decent living. I mean, I'm not complaining.'ve been blessed with the benefits behind it. but that's another thing about saying that. It's teaching you to uh, endure whatever's in front of you and stick with it. Loyalty. I guess I was loyal, but they were to me too, due to uh, my insurance that they offered, And I had a, a chronically ill daughter which uh, paid for most of her medical treatments throughout that time. So I'm blessed in that regard. And uh, it's just it's just great to, to to know that if you go and you're able to uh, build the relationships with people, but it is important to get a, 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 your piece of paperwork to give you opportunities. Whether it's a skill you you endure or that you get in school, uh or you have to have your degree to have opportunities in this society right now. And that was yes. just you said 32 years ago and I'm still working and life has been pretty good. in these last few years, uh, things come full circle and that's about it. Chris, you know, it's been a great thing and I, I'm not used to talking about myself and I guess you got me going. I guess that's what you're good for opening people up to thoughts of themselves. You know?
1: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you, Calvin. Again, You know, from the first time I was able to slap your hand coming out of the locker room at Baldwin Wallace College, you playing at St. Ed's, to the time I was able to meet you at the Muni League All-Star game that you came to, you've been a true man of class, and thank you for being a pioneer and allowing me the opportunity and the guys that came after me to go through St. Ed's and making it such a, a smoother transition. So it is with great honor to have you on the Chris Williams podcast hour. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate you opening up and and talking about yourself.
2: Thank you, man. It's good to talk about it and let's go Eagles.